Adrian, I appreciate the testimony that you shared this morning through Charlene. Can you hear me? Yeah. It is awesome to hear testimonies of what God's doing. Amen? Uh, continuing the theme of pursuing God, we've been working on a, a series the last little while. Last week's message was about passion. The sermon I, I preached last week asked a number of questions, and I concluded with reading the Nicene Creed. The central question I asked, left you with, was, what do you believe? Why was it important to ask that question? Wasn't it redundant? A non-issue for people? Don't we already know what we believe? Don't we already believe what we believe? But the topic was passion. Passion in relation to our pursuit of God, his will, his glory, and his kingdom. And passion stems from what we believe, and what we believe about what we believe. Even the stories that we speak to ourselves. Lacking passion, lacking the fire to move onward, also comes from belief and disbelief. Also from the stories we tell ourselves, stories that are informed by what we believe or disbelieve. Why is this important? You know when you're rolling up the sleeves, it means <laughs> ready to do some work. <laughs> Why is it important? Why is it important to ask ourselves what we believe? I, I kind of wish this was a classroom. It's not. I believe every one of us was called to know him. Not just know about him, but to know him. And to know him involves recognizing, responding to who he is and what he does, communing with him, being where he is, doing what he does, loving what he loves, hating what he hates. Becoming passionate for him like he is for us, like he is for you. And God is very passionate for you. He's very passionate for his people. This morning we heard again and again of the grace and provision of God, that God sees you, that he is intimately involved in your life. He sees you where you are. What does passion, his passion, have to do with what I believe? Because if I don't believe what I believe, I can't respond to him. I can't join with him in what he's doing. I may not even be able to see it. Do you believe you're forgiven of sin to the point that you can forgive others? Do you believe you've been given mercy to the point you can extend it? Do you believe that God commands us to do justly to the point that you move to do it and move against injustice? Do you believe God commands us to love others to the point that you move to do it and move against apathy? It becomes easy for us to tell ourselves, I believe God heals. I believe God's word. But if I pray for that person, they probably won't be healed. Or I believe God wants me to love others and serve. But if I step out, I probably won't have any effect. Or I believe God wants me to give and to store up treasures in heaven, but if I give, I won't have enough. Or I believe that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son while we were his enemies, but to spend ourselves on the poor, 
to engage the stranger, the street and trench, the foreigner, the delinquent youth, the gangs, except through long distance. Our area is filled, and I'm going to sound heavy for a second. Our area is filled with believers who attend churches and conferences and buy Christian books and phone apps and fill their homes with nice things, nice Christian things. But do we know our neighbors? Why is drug usage and street entrenchment drastically climbed? Our population growing, yet our church attendance shrinking. I recently heard of a small local street ministry, the Five and Two, it was in the, the Abbotsford newspaper, I think, this week. Or on Facebook, I forget. Struggling to survive. And a couple of churches that had supported them had folded, and they were struggling. Yet in our area, our churches are filled with high-end automobiles and designer clothes. Well, I don't agree with the way they do ministry. That's fine. It could be any ministry. It doesn't have to be theirs in particular. But what are we doing about it then? Whether it's a lack of passion or passion for the wrong things, it comes back to the same point. What do we believe? See, my point is not to add heavy burdens and then go home. See ya. That doesn't help anybody. And if I was truthful, I'd say I'd probably be more comfortable in the mask of a hypocrite than I, than I wish I was. But that doesn't excuse me. See, God loves us. He loves his church. The God we heard about this morning loves you passionately. Provides for you. Extends grace. And grace is more than forgiveness. Though forgiveness is more, I think, than we often comprehend, at least more than I comprehend. But it is more than just forgiveness. That he is able to meet you in your needs, not just financial. But where you are, he's able to come there and meet with you there. Some feel so overburdened with life as it is, how can we undo burdens when we're stooped over by our own heavy load? How can we passionate for God when I have little passion for anything else? It's not necessarily about working harder, doing one more thing to our already busy lives, but it can be about working smarter. It can be about facing the beliefs or doubts we have, asking, are they true? And even in the midst of that, just going to God. I've heard of people who disbelieve, and yet in their time, they've gone to God and they've actually gotten an answer. Sometimes to the point where it's changed everything for them. Can you be one of those people too? See, any one of us, in any circumstance, in any situation, if we turn to God, he will hear. He will respond. Jesus had the most effective and productive ministry we've ever experienced. Think of one other that's even greater, can you? I can't. In a few short years, thousands of years later, across the whole world, he's known. He was led by the Spirit of God. He joined where he saw his father working. 
You know that? Where do you see God working? Where is the Spirit of God, where is he leading you? You know, sometimes that can be just in your own family. Parents, it can be just with your kids, in your household. And so it, it, maybe it's something else. The first point is stop with yourselves and go to God. This is what's going on for me, God. This is where I am. Help me. Help me to see what you see. Help me to see where you are. Help me to move to where you are and begin to do what you've called me to do. It's easy to read about the fruits of the Spirit, but you know God actually wants that fruit in our life. And he actually wants to produce that fruit in your life. It's not just a wish list that he gives. Last week, the first scripture I read was from Proverbs 16.26. I incorrectly stated Proverbs 17.26. It was 16.26. And I read it from the Passion Translation. It, it said, Life motivation comes from the deep longings of the heart, and the passion to see them fulfilled urges you onward. The NIV states it this way. The laborer's appetite works for him. His hunger drives him on. Today's question is, what do you hunger for? We examine what we believe in terms of our passion in the theme of pursuit because it's on what we believe that we, it becomes our foundation. When that's settled, we can build. We can move forward. You can't build on shaky beliefs. You can't hold that mix too long. Otherwise, what does it do? It keeps you in neutral. You can't move forward. Or if you try to move forward, you find yourself really frustrated because you find you lack the power to move forward because your beliefs contradict. I believe God wants me to, to reach out to that person, but I don't believe he's going to enable me to do it. So I don't do it. Do we hunger and thirst? I mean, we all do. Hunger is not something that needs to be taught. You never need to teach a baby to cry. Babies cry. They hunger. I don't ever need to teach myself to be hungry. I can learn what I'm hungry for. I can direct my hunger towards some things better than others. I was hungry yesterday, and uh, we were taking our kids up to the trip uh, across the line and stopped at a gas station at AMPM. And I bought these two AMPM convenience store cheeseburgers, and then regretted it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tried satisfying my hunger with the wrong thing. <laughs> we go after the wrong thing sometimes, but we hunger. The question is, do we recognize what it is we're hungering for? Jesus said, hunger and thirst for righteousness. 
Is that what we're really hungering for? Is it to the point that it produces a passion to move forward? To go after what God, to go after what God has said. See, I believe in every single person here that God is invested into your lives. That God sees you, has a plan for you from the beginning, has created you. I don't believe that we're just a product of our environment, that we're just like a computer input in and, and that's what we are. There's something more than that. You're more than your circumstances. But God can use those circumstances in you to produce something great. I see it in you. I see it in some of your families. Whether it's your family, your work environment, your school environment, your social environment, whatever it is, God can use what he's put in you. Are we hungry for it? Are we hungry to the point that we'll actually go try to get satisfied in God? Because we'll, we're willing to look for satisfaction in everything else. Go to Christ. Talk with him. Seek him. Read his word. Put into practice what he instructs us to do. And remember what he's done. One of the things I really appreciated this morning with Charlene speaking is testimony. We need to remember what God has done. We need to remind ourselves in our lives what God has done. And if you can't think of anything at all, then ask him to give you something new. Ask him to remind you. Start asking other people that you know have a relationship with God, what's God done for you? Do you have a testimony? Share your testimonies. Make it known what God has done. Let me ask this. I'm going to put you on the spot. Maybe it's not the right thing to do, but I'm going to ask. If God's done something in your life, put your hand up. If God has done something in your life, so all these people's hands, you all have stories. Anyone without a story, connect with one of them. Ask them. I saw your hand up. What's God done in your life? Share your story. Share your testimony. Speak out what God has said, what God has done, what God is doing, what God's promised you. Speak it out. Remember, testify. No matter how small, it doesn't matter how small. The smallest seed can produce an amazing harvest. Some of you got gardens, you know this. I can remember things in my own life, little things that seem insignificant, because maybe you think, well, I don't have a big story. But I know they're significant to me. If they're significant to you, maybe it's going to mean something to someone else. I love hearing testimonies of people being healed. But I also love hearing testimonies of people that have just had an encounter with God. Something that was very real and very specific to that person. Something that's, for lack of a better word, intimate between them and God. Now, that's not something that's commonly shared. And when you're sharing intimate things that way, you'd be wise about it. But there are some things you can stand on the rooftop and shout until somebody calls the cops. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, 
Most sermons I throw out a quote. Let me throw out one quote. I like quotes sometimes. Ben Franklin said, if passion drives you, let reason hold the reins. It's not bad thinking, really, because Paul talked about the same thing. He talked about speaking in tongues while his mind was engaging. Not saying he's not going to do it, because he absolutely believed in it, and at the same time, he didn't abandon his thinking. Solomon did the same thing in Ecclesiastes. He let his mind guide him as he tried to explore, right? How many of us want to see change around us? One person? <laughs> Put your hand. How many people want to see change around us? What does that change look like? Is that your family? Is that your community? Is that your school situation? Is that your work situation? Is it your health? It, whatever it is, whatever it is, is God involved in it? Is God with you? So if God is with you and you're involved in the situation, is God in you? Is God working through you? Is God involved in the situation? Absolutely. Absolutely. Does the works of God ever fail? Never. Do his words fail? Do we believe that? Do we believe it to the point where we're willing to risk ourselves? Willing to spend ourselves? Willing to make ourselves uncomfortable? Do we believe it? Can we forgive? Can we sacrifice? Can we love? Can we go say hello to our neighbor? You know, that's a challenge for me, I'll be honest with you. I tend to be a little bit more introverted and introspective to begin with. I've got neighbors. I'm, it's not that I'm avoiding them. <laughs> I like my neighbors. There's nothing against them. But if I'm honest, I don't know them. Except maybe a, a hello. Right? It's not that everybody needs to be your best friend. It's not, it's not like that. But can you show the love and compassion of Christ to those around you? Freely. We all work in our strengths and our abilities and our weaknesses and all that. God makes us individuals, and that's good. We're a whole mixture of things that he's created. But can we submit that to him? Because whatever's in your life, and I know some of you got full, rich lives, lives that have been effective and productive and fruit-bearing. I believe that. All that wealth in you, by sharing that with someone else, maybe it produces another life like that. Or at least puts them on the path towards that. The richness of the testimonies that he's given you by working in your life. Share it. Step out. Question, what do I believe? Face it. Because once you've established that, then you can build. You can move forward. You can move quickly forward if need be. 
there's lots of resources. Some people say, well, I, I struggle with my belief. I struggle with doubt. So what do I do about that? Well, we've said a couple of things. Go to God. Hear testimonies. Go to his word. Let's not ever neglect that. Go to his word. He said, well, may I have got doubts that this is his word. It's okay. Check it out. You can use your mind. God doesn't, God doesn't give us his word and detach it from all reality at the same time. Right? He created us. He put us in a natural space. He uses natural order. You know, you can actually investigate and determine this actually is the word of God. You can. There is no book on the planet like this book. <laughs> Not one. Yeah, there's lots of so-called holy scriptures and stuff, but there's nothing like the word of God. Nothing. Tap on the board. If I can leave you with something, I left you with the question last week of what do you believe? I will leave with the question, what do you hunger for? What is it that you're really hungering for? What is it that's pulling you forward to some direction? Can you identify it? Now, you might be able to figure out what you're trying to use to, to meet that need. Maybe it fits, maybe it doesn't. But what are you really hungering for? What is God stirring in you? If you can figure that out, if you can stand on this, I know I believe. At least I'm confident. I, I have to say it's this. I can't say otherwise. And if you can figure out, this is what my hunger is for. This is what I'm longing for. And you mesh that together. You're going to God in faith saying, God, I believe in you. I hunger for justice. I hunger for righteousness. I hunger to ex express your love, to receive and express your love. What's going to happen? What do you think, what do you believe is going to happen? Yeah. It's exactly what he's going to do. <laughs> See, God doesn't create a longing in us. He doesn't create a hunger for something that he hasn't already ordained to satisfy. Interestingly enough, if you uh, look through books like C.S. Lewis and stuff like that, if you're familiar with him, that was actually one of the things that led him to Christ, was this, this, this interesting thought that he had these hungers, that he couldn't find anything on earth to satisfy. But he recognized there was satisfaction for him, so if it wasn't on earth, it must be elsewhere. It was part of his journey from going from atheism to, to theism and then to Christianity. It is a good word. <laughs> I want us to be stirred up. I want to be stirred up. I want to become passionate for the things of God. I want to see his people passionate for the things of God because I believe when they're actually passionate for the things of God, when they know what they believe, when they know what they hunger for, when they start moving to get that hunger satisfied because they know what they believe and they know they can attain it, you cannot help but have change. 
whether it's in your families, your schools, the community. There doesn't have to be ministries. I mean, there'll always be people that struggle. We'll always have the poor. I get that. Jesus said that. I'm not going to contradict them. It's not a great thing for a pastor to do. But we can have a lot more than we've got now. God is ready to give us and has already given us a lot more than we've tried to appropriate. There's a harvest out there ready for the taking. Ready for the taking. What are we willing to do to go and get it? What are we willing to do to be a part of that? Amen? Amen. I say let's call it a day, but let's not do that. Let's close in prayer. And you know, I, I, uh, what else can I do to, to stir you up for passion? What else can I do to make you realize, to make myself realize even, that God is with you? That God Almighty, the living God who created what we stand on, what we breathe, what we eat, what we consume, what we dream about, is with you, working in you, calling you to know him and to join him in what he's doing. And what he's doing is good. What he's doing is going to help satisfy that longing that's in you. He is there. He is with you. We heard this morning of his message of love and his grace and his power. And those are not empty words. Those aren't nice things alone. They're great things, but they're great things with a purpose. They're meant for you to hear this morning, now. Father God, thank you for who you are. You've created us, you know us, help us to know you and ignite in us, Lord God. Ignite in us, Lord. The passion, the hunger, the desire that draws us to you, that draws us to the things of your kingdom that draws us to proclaim your name, to proclaim your love, to proclaim your goodness, that draws us, Lord, across the street to our neighbors, that draws us, Lord God, out of our comfort zone, that draws us to wherever it is that you are working, Lord God, that we can see you, that we can know you, that we can be more like you, Lord God, that we can be all that you created us to be in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name.